what's your opinion on Satan in films and cinema? Sick. More, we want more, more of that. Yeah. What's the best depiction of Satan in cinema? Well, I actually, after <laughs> I seeing Hexen, I was like, that is probably the best <laughs> portrayal of it I've seen. It was like the classic big horns, you know. But it was 1920 and the, uh, the costume was incredible. Yeah. I was blown away by that. Satan and Cinema at the Prince Charles Cinema. Welcome to the Bon Charles Cinecast. Hello. Presented by the Prince Charles Cinema. My name is Jonathan Foster. I'm here this week with my co-host. Caroline. My adopted daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Uh, And also this week we have a returning guest who's been here a couple times. It's Mr. Ed Mannion. Howdy. How you doing, Ed? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, excited to, well, we're actually just talking about Satan in films. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see uh, Black Sunday tonight. Oh, yeah, Black Sunday or tonight. Or otherwise known as The Mask of Satan. Yeah. Well, there's another title for it as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's uh, Mario Bava's film, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've not never, seen it. No, neither, I've missed neither. it. But unfortunately, I won't be able to catch it tonight. <laughs> well, hopefully I can. <laughs> but that's presented by the uh, Final Girls. Um, you obviously listening to this would have missed Black Sunday. But Final Girls are still here tomorrow night because this goes out on a Wednesday. They'll be here tomorrow night for their final film of of uh, their Here Be Witches season, The Belladonna of Sadness, which looks really, really cool. So come check that out. And I want to thank Final Girls for being on last week with us. Um, Caroline, how are you doing this week? I'm good. Um, same old, same old. Same old, same old? <laughs> yeah. You made any progress on your illustration? Oh, I knew it was going to come up. Uh, <laughs> well, kind of. You should be doing that right now. I should be doing that right now. I did it before we started here, and I will continue as we finish because yeah. I have a deadline on Sunday. Oh, and shit. It's, okay. it's a miracle if I make it. So um, Will that be a black Sunday? Ooh. Satan! <laughs> it's been a funny week at the Prince Charles Cinema the last week. Yeah. Uh, busy. <gasps> Busy, busy stuff. Obviously, we we talked about the Irishman last week, and all those screenings have been crazy. Um, definitely because we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, but no, uh, Quentin Tarantino came to the cinema. He did <laughs> last Thursday. Um, apologies to all the listeners out there and everybody who uh, follows the Prince Charles Cinema that um, might have been a bit upset that they saw photos and stuff creep out about Quentin Tarantino at the cinema. But unfortunately it was kind of a private, private event all around. Um, and, uh, for directors UK and BAFTA. So it wasn't like even the staff members were even getting to come in. But No, um, many but yeah. people didn't know about it. Yeah. Just kind of snuck in. I mean, we only kind of knew about it a couple of weeks back anyway, uh, that it was definitely going to happen. We presented a screening of, once Upon a Time in Hollywood from a really nice fresh print. And then also uh, afterwards, Tarantino came on stage with uh, Danny Boyle. And yeah. then the second screen and Edgar Wright was here with a couple of the producers. So that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, as we said, unfortunately, it was kind of a low key thing. So you were here, though, Caroline, right? Yeah, I was here. I was, um, well, I was ushering the first screening we had mm-hmm. of Once Upon a Time. And then I ushered the Q&A. Yeah, and then I was done with work, but I kind of just, I just stayed. <laughs> but because why not have three? <laughs> yeah. If you can, why yeah. why would I leave? I wouldn't want to leave if I had a chance to see a third Q and A with yeah Tarantino. Like, I wouldn't. It was amazing him. as well. Like oh, just the stuff shit. you talked about. It was it was better than three years of film school, to be honest. Like 
So yes. interesting. It was really nice to hear him talk about the film and stuff. And uh, he's so enthusiastic. It's like yeah. infectious. Like there's so many people who they just get up and it's like, yeah, we did this, we did this, and he's just like, it's like a kid still. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, I managed to get in for the first screening. I didn't stick around for the second one because I had some stuff going on later that night. But um, it was really fun. It was interesting to hear him talk about like certain elements of making the film and you know issues like you know coming up and like talking about the whole Sharon Tate thing and all that. It was really nice. And also, it's just nice seeing him at the Prince Charles Cinema finally. Right. Yeah. So he used to come here sort of before he was. Who he he is said now. he used to come here when he lived in London. Yeah. That's so cool. I think he did. I mean, he probably popped in a few times over the years, but like, um, yeah, it's just one of these things where we got a bit of a stigma of being like a Tarantino styled cinema, which we show a lot of his films and obviously love his work a lot. But he just hadn't been here that much. Yeah. And like the last time I know he actually did a proper event that I that I could think of, correct me if I'm wrong, any listeners out there who may have come to something else or heard about something else. But I mean, the last thing he really did was like, they did a screening of, of Reservoir Dogs and he, you know, talked about it and stuff. And I'm not sure how long ago that was, if that was around the time they were releasing Pulp Fiction or if it was around the time Reservoir Dogs had come out or if it was uh, years and years later. But I mean, it's been a long, long time. Mm. So it was good to finally see him back on our stage. And and hopefully this sort of opens up doors for maybe him coming back for something that all the the fans and stuff can come out and enjoy. Get a little bit of that Kevin Smith style thing. Yeah, the membership. (laughs) If you come regularly. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we can kind of move into a little bit of user feedback. Yeah, so we had a couple of couple of things coming off of last week's episode, uh, but mostly just some really silly, silly tweets. Um, we had a bit of an exchange on Twitter with some people because I was tweeting out some dumb bros memes that I was making, and uh, we had some funny, funny uh, replies to those from our listener Malcolm. I think everyone should go look at our Twitter feed if you want to check them out. Obviously, I can't speak out a meme. Um, you should go look and see for yourself. Uh, it's pretty funny stuff. That'd be a good stand-up. You just speak out memes. <laughs> speak memes. See if anyone gets it. <laughs> but yeah, we had our, our pal and listener Claire out there. It uh, sent in a funny little tweet from her cat, apparently. So we have a cat listener. Yes. Who can uh, which use a cool. computer. Yeah. That's crazy. She's got her own Twitter account, this cat. No way. Uh, yeah. Oh, so love that. this is what Claire sent. So at Dottie Disgust. So if you want to find uh, Claire's cat, Dottie, Dottie <laughs> Disgust, um, was listening to the podcast today and has a question for you and your new adoptive children. Unfortunately, Phil couldn't make it today. He is on shift and uh, we're recording during cinema being open. He's ushering the crow, actually. He's in He's in the screen watching the crow. So that's good. It's uh, it's raining in Phil's heart for missing this podcast, I'm sure, but it can't rain all the time. I'm going to see how long I can keep that line into the podcast. Anyway, she said, uh, uh, Dottie has a question for you and your new adopted children. If you were running a cat-themed marathon, what films would you include? And shout out to Steve, the unofficial pod mascot. Yeah, that's my cat, Steve. (laughs) You should bring him along. Yeah, Steve uh, was one. Steve's a girl. Oh, right. So it's her. 
And <laughs> how dare I? <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I did record a couple episodes at my house back in the day with Ari and Steve was in heat and Steve was just like, Whoa! <laughs> like it was pretty good. But I met Steve. He's trying to get his point across. <laughs> he was like, shut up. It's like, no, yeah. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so some of Donnie's favorite picks so far for a cat themed marathon would be the Aristocats. Yes. That's mm-hmm. on my list. Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, Captain Marvel. Oh my and god! Shrek yeah. Two. Shrek Two is the obvious. It's my number one <laughs> on my list. All right, you, you're pretty excited oh, about this, sorry. Caroline. Go ahead. I, Go, what's your picks? Okay. Go ahead. Well, if you were to do one, obviously we do about six films usually for a marathon. If you've got an extra, which I think I might actually have an extra. Yeah, I. Feel free. It was hard for me to choose, so I have some honorable mentions as well. But I have a. It might be a tough all-nighter because it's very like uh, okay. I'll, I'll just I'll just go okay. Shrek two mm-hmm. because it's the best of all the Shrek films. Yeah. And the cat is Puss in Boots. That's the link. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it is just hilarious. <laughs> it's it's sick. I've, the thing he does with his eyes. I love it. You know when he's like yeah. Oh yeah yeah. Eyes. Oh, and then um, is a documentary in this. Okay. Keddy from 2016. Oh yeah yeah Keddy yeah sick. I yeah. came in once to uh, um to watch that on my day off, and it's just like a a documentary about street cats in Istanbul. Yeah, and it's wow. so good. I remember that did pretty well here as well. A lot of people yeah. enjoyed it. What's the title? Catty. Catty. So K E D I. Oh right. Catty. Here, Catty, Catty. No, um, that's that's good. And then the the cat returns. The cat returns. Sick. Studio Ghibli. Yeah. Well, actually, one of my favorites. I will say. Yeah, that's a good one. And I remember this where I was like, I was watching it once and I was like, oh, it's, there's, there's just cats in it all the time. I was like, yeah, I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. And like maybe like 10 minutes into it, there's this like cat, this girl who wakes up and looks out the window or goes out the door or something. And there's this cat parade. These cats just walking yeah, on yeah, two yeah. legs. And it looks <laughs> so funny. It's so, it's, it's really, really funny. Is and it a sequel to The Cat? The Cat? Yeah. It's called The Cat Returns. Oh, no. Well, uh, actually, the main cat in it who wears like a a, a high like hat and, and suit and all, he's in the. Uh, Whisper oh, from the Heart, right? Yes. Yeah. It's the same character. But this so it's is sort of like a later. shoot off of Whisper of the Heart, mm-hmm. yeah. which is another Ghibli film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah. it's really good. Um, love Ghibli films. Um, then I have to say Alien. Alien, oh, that's yeah. on my list. Because of Jonesy. Yeah. Which yeah. is not my list. I'll explain that in a minute. It's all right. It, it's, it, some of them are obviously cat films. Yeah. And others just had like, I would say uh, it's, um, it's a hero in, a, in yeah. an alien. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. a cool character. Yeah. One of the only survivors. Spoiler. Yeah. We're all seen alien. <laughs> uh, and then. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, the cat from outer space. Mm-hmm. Uh, 78 I like, forgot about that film yeah right it's so good it was when I watched it I was like why have I never heard of this <laughs> it was so randomly it just popped up on this streaming channel I was like I'm watching this yeah it's so sick it's cool it's like, well, yeah. I have to watch that it's a cat in a, in a spaceship that needs to uh, needs help to fix the spaceship thing is that back. a spin-off of Alien then is that Jonesy <laughs> it's Jonesy yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, no so that that's sick you should all check that one out and then, of course, as classic, Aristocats. Because yeah. I'm not a big fan of Disney, but Aristocats is one of the 
is one of them that I really like. I only seen it, actually only seen it Danish dubbed. I never really? seen the original. Uh, man, <laughs> and it goes for the songs too. I I feel like you said something else like that recently and it kind of shocked me a bit. Yeah. I'm just like, you gotta see the original. I know. But I don't remember what that was, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although on Claire's list, Captain Marvel well, does, this is, does that count? Yeah, also, it's, it's Dottie Disgust's list, so it's Dottie's list. Oh, Dottie's so, list. I mean, oh, I don't Dottie. know if it's necessarily Sorry, Claire's Claire. list. But but he, well, the, the cat should know better than anyone that yeah. that isn't a cat. That's a flurkin. Hey, it, oh, it fits hey. the criteria. Well, Come on, we're yeah. not. Does it? It just yeah, it's a cat. cat. It's a cat from it's outer space. It's an alien cat. It's still a cat, though. Well. It spends a lot of time as a cat, so I, I'll, I'll let Dottie All have right. it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, Is that your list? That is the list. I just want to mention. Uh, oh yeah, you had some honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. the cat bus in my neighbor Totoro. Oh yeah, yeah, which we're showing. Yeah. Is Plus the tur- Totoro is sort of almost a weird giant cat, isn't it? Yeah. He? Yeah. Yeah. Where? Where is it? I don't know. But <laughs> that's one. Uh, Inside Lewin Davis. Yeah. Good show. Useless. Uh, Oliver and Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love that film. The Matrix. The Matrix, yeah. Oh, God. The, Didn't think about The Matrix. It's yeah. a glitch in The, the Matrix. Glitch. The glitch. The glitch. Yeah. yeah. The cat is basically the whole, like, yeah. the whole yeah. glue of the film, isn't it? I mean, it, it is five exactly. seconds. <laughs> dream time. But it still but counts. The most important. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, real quick. Babe, Pig in the City. There's a cat choir. Love that. Yeah, I have... I. I, I forgot you and Ari watched Babe Pig in the City yeah. recently, didn't you? Uh, yeah. When we had the double bill and I, so I love Babe. I mm-hmm. didn't think I watched Babe Pig in the City, but I realized why I didn't remember it. I just chose not to remember it because oh, yeah. I was sobbing. I had to say to Ari, <laughs> I cannot do this anymore. I cried. And I remember we went outside afterwards and we were just sat outside. I was like, man, my, my face was all red and poofy. And I was like, Man, this just killed me. It was so. It was too much. <laughs> I, was, I think I missed Babe Pig in the City. Wait. I remember liking Babe, but I think by the time the second one came out, I was just maybe a little too old to like want to see old. it. Never too old. What was it that traumatized you? Was it something to do with its legs or it's, something? No, it's, um, there, was, there was a dog that has wheels and legs. <laughs> and was like a, a, another dog that almost like gets uh, like choking, but in its collar and and oh they no. get like. They they all it's, it's mm-hmm. these animals in a hotel and they have to leave and they come and get them and they're these monkeys and they have this sad face and oh, it, was, yeah. it was too much. Wow! I oh my god that that one is my number one cry film that's for sure. Is that is that George Miller as well? Did he do the sequel? Yeah. So he did that. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. But Happy I'm Feet and Mad it. Max. Yes. Quite what a, great picture. Quite a filmography. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, I just want to say, in the end, Garfield. I don't yeah. like Garfield, but Phil said it had yeah, to make the list. Yeah, we have to list. throw we have to throw Garfield on the list for mm. for Phil. Bill Murray's um, only regret. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so it. Steve um, overheard me talking to Julia that I had a cat list of marathon films to pick, and she got really snooty and was like. Fuck you. Snooty. And she uh she took over and made me type out this list. Yes. Uh so starting it off is The Black Cat from 1981, which is a Italian giallo horror film. And also I want to say I'm going to post this trailer 
and uh, when this episode goes out, because it looks nuts, I didn't realize Steve had ever seen this film, um, but my cat is left alone all day, so I don't know what she does when we're not there. Uh, so apparently she watches a lot of Italian horror films, <laughs> <laughs> and she just kept saying she wants to be this this cat in a remake. Oh. So we'll see. Someone out there, you got money. If you want to see you know, Steve, she's pretty sexy. She's black, all black. She likes to see herself presented on screen, so it makes sense with most of her choices here. Uh, but yeah, the Black Cat, 1981. So any Italian directors? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or are we going to do like an English language? Yeah, it could be an English language version. Yeah. It doesn't matter because the cat just does a lot, of, English, a lot yeah. of badass stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty good. Yeah. This is, it's like a truly international film. <laughs> yeah. Anyone can understand. I, sorry, I, I don't have that trailer up, do I? No. I had it up earlier. But anyway, um, I was going to play just that one little clip. Like, <laughs> It's pretty good. You'll put, um, it, put it in now. I'll put it in uh, now. Hey, <laughs> that was funny. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, okay. So, like I said, Alien made the list. Steve kind of liked how Alien, the uh, Jonesy was a badass in Alien, but also Aliens 1986. True. Because Jonesy makes an appearance in both of those films. Oh, yeah. Um, and then she wanted to put in Homer Bound, The Incredible Journey. So the the sort of 90s remake version of Incredible Journey. But it So in the original Incredible Journey, it was made, I don't know, 60s or 70s or something like that. It's about two dogs and a cat who are traveling across the country to get to, to find their way back home. And uh, it's just those animals going across the country. <laughs> I, I have not seen it, but I yeah. think I've seen the DVD cover. Yeah. So in the 90s, they made a version, uh, which was, and they made a couple of these films, but the, the in the 90s version, it's the dog, two dogs and the cat going, but they have voices. And the voices are the two dogs. Uh, Donna Mesh plays the older dog. Michael J. Fox plays the younger no. dog. And then Sally Fields does the cat. Oh. And my cat, Steve, loves the cat because mm-hmm. she's really like... Cats rule, dolls drill. So yeah, does, you want does your that. cat really notice when there's a cat on screen? Uh, only when I put on videos of YouTube sometimes to fuck yeah. with their cats like growling <laughs> and stuff, and yeah. then she'll like I'll do like big cats purring and growling <laughs> videos sometimes just to fuck with her, and she'll just be like, <laughs> <laughs> she watches wrestling sometimes though, okay. and uh, uh, anytime there's any sort of like crazy flashy cartoon or something like that on the screen she would just be like but yeah so funny i love cats um pet cemetery 1989 the original fuck the new one um. fuck the new one i oh sorry yeah, yeah. church is a badass and uh hocus pocus yes because binks is a black cat yeah. and like Eddie said, reminded me of that herself. today yeah. and i completely forgot it's so, a great movie shout out eddie I watched half of it on shift here and didn't, didn't finish it. Yeah. So I need to finish it. Hocus that. Pocus is great. We talked about it a little bit at, like leading up to Halloween because it played a couple of times. But yeah, it's such a good movie. Right. Mm. And it the was, Black Cat's It was cool. entertaining. Mm. He's, he's like the hero of the film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, um, you've ruined it now. <laughs> no need to watch that. Yeah. But, yes, you do. Uh, Steve's list of cat films are pretty hardcore. Most of them are just evil cats or badass cats. So I like I mean, that. Yeah. Um, if you have your cat list out there, people, send them in. Send them in. Let us know. What's your favorite cat film? What's your ultimate cat My, marathon? Well, 
I think definitely on the list has to be the long goodbye. The long goodbye. The, yeah. the opening scene is him trying to feed his cat, realizing he's out of cat food. He tries mm-hmm. to fool it, but it, it won't work. So he has to go out and get it. And he's just mumbling. It's like three in the morning or something. Yeah. And it's just the, one of the greatest opening scenes. It's just a man trying to feed his cat. Yeah. So yeah, the long goodbye definitely, mm-hmm. which features a very cool Elliot Gould. So. Yeah. Um, I've already had Shrek two, Aristocats. Definitely. Inside Lewin Davis, of course. Right, there was a film a few years ago, the Key and, P for, Key and, oh, Key yeah. and Peele film, Almost Keanu. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I actually really liked that. Yeah. It was, I never saw that. It was a bit like John Wick, because John yeah. Wick had just come out, so it was a bit like that, but with cat, with a cat. Yeah, and Keanu Reeves missing. voices yeah. his namesake, yeah. which is a cat. And that's a great scene. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I liked that film. It was funny as well, yeah. really funny. And then... Uh, just a classic from my childhood cats and dogs cats and dogs in which cats yeah. are the bad guys in it you know like yeah. they're really without oh, any fur yeah they're sort of sitting there like dr evil type and there's also uh a similar sort of film to cats and dogs that darned cat do you remember that i don't remember that <laughs> what was that, that well, there was an original one from back in the day called that darned cat <laughs> and then they made a like a remake in the 90s i believe well, around the same time i feel like it's usually cats, and dogs cats are the the villains because <laughs> yeah. i don't know they're just they're, they're assholes they're colder than <laughs> i remember cats and dogs i did not think about that that's what the, the dad is like allergic to i the can't really remember that something, right? all i can remember is this bald cat sitting there like like oh, I love the naked cats, the Sphinx cats. Right? Yeah, is it? Jesus! Every oh. film has cats in it, though. If we don't stop, we're gonna. Austin we're gonna, Powers. Yeah, this, no. is, this, is, this is the whole podcast, now, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Cat films. That's a new podcast oh. that we're starting next week called Kino Cats. There we go. That's yeah. a good one. Ooh, Kino yeah. Cats. Yeah. Uh, we got an email this week as well from someone. Uh, they said, "Hey, y'all. From someone. Long time, first time." Since I complained the most about not getting emails on the show and we hadn't had a chance to get my sweet, sweet voice back on the show, I thought I'd capture its essence via text. How are y'all doing? I miss you terribly and have been listening to every show every week. I am so freaking flipping proud of you all. Um, Way to keep the flames alive. Just wanted to send some love your way and uh, spread it around, especially Jamie, specifically Jamie. No one here bullies me like Jamie does. Obligatory Paul shout out. Stay hydrated. Keep up the good work. Love, Ari. Oh, <laughs> hey, Ari. Unfortunately, uh, Paul didn't stay hydrated and uh, yeah. uh, he died of thirst. <laughs> everyone else is fine. <laughs> RIP, Paul. <laughs> but, oh, miss you, Ari. Come back. Yeah, we miss you, Ari. I, I freaking miss Ari. Hey, John. Don't worry, buddy. I'm right here. Yeah. Sad times. Mm. Well, on to brighter <laughs> pastures. <laughs> this coming week at the Prince Charles Cinema from Friday the 22nd of November. Are you guys ready for for a full week? Yes. Noah Baumbach's Marriage Story. Ooh. I've been what I love about Nicole. Loving you. She's a great dancer. Infectious. She is a mother who plays, really plays. She gives great presents. She's competitive. What? Are you kidding me? She knows when to push me. 
and when to leave me alone. we should talk. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to start. And your love is growing cold. My love is growing stronger. It's getting great reviews. Yeah. Is uh, it is it the dark horse to actually win best picture? Maybe we'll see. I don't know. I, I think Adam Driver is definitely going for uh, Oscar for sure. Yes. Um, but that, yeah, that picture looks incredible. It's like they're closing the gate, and the yeah. child's on the mum's side, and the dad, and they're just both closing. And I was like, that is the perfect representation of divorce right there. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's brilliant already. Just the poster. Yeah. So this is going to be Noah Baumbach's gripping new drama marriage story. It's starring uh, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. It's about a stage director and his actors, his actor wife struggling uh, through a grueling coast-to-coast divorce that pushes them to their personal and creative extremes. It's inspired by Bombach's own experiences from his own divorce from act- actress uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh yeah. uh, that I think happened a few years ago. And he also, I believe, had, had a few friends that were also going through divorce. So it inspired him to just, you know, as a, I guess a way to cope with it, to write about it, write what you know, I guess. Yeah. I mean, um, we've all been affected by that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I come from a divorced family. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I think we both do as well. So. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Adam Driver is, uh, like I said, apparently gives a hell of a performance. Not seen it yet. Um, but Paul, shout out, Paul. He's not dead, guys. Don't worry. He's not. He didn't <laughs> die of dehydration. Say that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Paul. Um, keep hydrated. It's just a warning, people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Paul saw it, Darren LFF, and he said it was great. And also, uh, the person that emailed a second ago, Ariane, mm. she saw it and she said, it, "We aren't ready for it." Ooh. So yeah, it's apparently very sad. But yeah, Scarlett Johansson's apparently pretty damn good in it as well. And then also you got some good performances from Laura Dern and uh, Alan Alda and uh, my boy Ray Liotta. Oh, yeah. Need to see Ray Liotta in more shit. I can't believe uh, he's hilarious. hasn't been in more things. Like, mm. I mean, he's been in tons of things. I just, I don't know. I just, when, when we inevitably do a Goodfellas episode i'm gonna go on a tirade about how in the hell is ray liotta not a bigger star mm. i don't understand it but i'll save that but anyway Pop i'm looking pops. forward to this <laughs> i'm looking forward to marriage stories showing for a couple times uh a day for the entire week from friday the 22nd so you have plenty of chances to catch it and you should catch it on the big screen before it comes to netflix because it's again like irishman it's a netflix film give it some love on the big screen these directors make these films for the big screen um, not saying there's anything wrong with watching on your small screen at home, but you know, it's good Cinema's to see better. It. Do both. See it on the cinema. Yeah. Do both. Do both for sure. And come see Irishman as well. It's still going to be screening, I think. So yeah. Um, what's your picks? Do you have any picks this well, week, Caroline? I already mentioned, um, in my, in my cat list that my neighbor Totoro, mm-hmm. that's on Saturday. Actually, yeah, showing everything Saturday. we're showing on Saturday. Saturday's a good day. Yeah. Such a good day. Like, Almost all of it is on Saturday. Yeah. On my list. Um so my neighbor Totoro, which is sub subtitle. Yeah. So um yeah. People who don't like it dub uh come watch it. Yep. Um 
And if you like it dubbed, look on our website because we've got a dub screening coming up as well in 2020. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and what we talked about last week, City Lights, yep. also on Saturday mm-hmm. at 3.30. And in the night, we got um, an all-nighter I actually would like to do one day, uh, the Harry Potter Ultimate yeah. Marathon, Yeah, uh, which starts at 8.15 and finishes the next day at five, at 10 past 5. Is that this weekend as well? It's a, Yeah, it's on the 23rd. Wow. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. I somehow missed that when I was looking at the stuff this week. So that means that also there's the Stranger Things marathon this week yeah. as well, this Saturday. Those are some good films. Yeah. Or films that inspired Stranger Things season three. Yeah, yeah it's not an actual Stranger Things marathon. No. Nah. I think the third time that we actually have run this marathon, um, mm-hmm. I could be wrong. We could have missed for season two. But this time it's a pretty good lineup. We got yeah. The Goonies, The Monster Squad, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 1978. We got The Terminator. Back to the Future and the Never Ending Story. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so don't forget your uh, your tissues because that's a sad movie. I would I come, but I'm just busy this weekend, which is a shame because yeah. I was really interested in that lineup. Yeah, it's a really good lineup. Monster then, Squad. Yeah. What? Monster Squad. Have you so seen Monster fun. Squad? Nope. So oh fun. Oh my god. Stupidly fun. I got to. Yeah. So um, sick. So yeah, shit. So I forgot that was on this weekend. Okay, so we got films that inspire Stranger Things and Harry Potter. So all eight Harry Potter films back to 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 back. And they're all in 35 millimeter. And then Fantastic Beast films straight after that. Keep going. Just keep it going. Yeah. There's no Fantastic Beast films, unfortunately. I keep lying. Next time. Just to make it even longer, it finishes around five in the afternoon the next day. Yeah. It's the ultimate fantasy. Yeah, it's about 21 hours of fun. Woo. Yeah, I would love it. I'm sorry, I would. I love Harry Potter. Harry Potter cat movie. Let's go. Let's go. It's great. A lot of cats in Harry Potter. Yeah. Let's do it. We can. This is just a cat episode. Yeah. I'm a Lord of the Rings fan more than Harry Potter, but unfortunately there's no cats in Lord of the Rings, so I'm going to have to change that. Yeah. Well, actually from Friday, I was just going to say Christmas basically starts at the Prince Charles Cinema oh. this week. Uh, I was meant to sound, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird. It starts early this year, and basically we're kind of getting warmed up this this week with some anti-Christmas films, some films that aren't quite yeah. Christmassy, yeah. but they are set at Christmas time or they are kind of Christmassy. Uh, Friday, we've got Anna and the Apocalypse, and that's a zombie Christmas musical. And Ooh. we showed it last year. I think it was released last year, and it was a really big, like, you know, cult hit. So if you like those zombie films like Shaun of the Dead, like a really fun film, uh, and you like musicals, I'd recommend coming to see Anna and the Apocalypse, and it's probably going to sell out, so I would get my ticket quick. Uh, there's been a lot of interest in it. A lot of people do like that film a lot. Uh, Caroline mentioned on Saturday what's coming up. Um, on Sunday, another Christmas classic, Rocky Four, <laughs> one of the greatest Rocky films. If you don't know why it's a Christmas classic, then uh, you need to watch the film. <laughs> you just come, come here and find out. <laughs> um, and then... A couple of alternative Christmas films on Monday. We've got The Silent Partner featuring Elliot Gould, who Ooh. you shout out, shouted out earlier. And then uh, we got William Freakin's The French Connection on nice. right after. So you can what come that? up. That's Monday coming up. Uh, that would be 25th. Yeah. 
Um, mm. Monday the 25th. Sorry, I, I don't write down the dates sometimes. I'm bad about that. On Tuesday, we've got, for any Bond fans out there, it's, uh, The World Is Not Enough. It's the Pierce Brosnan classic 20th anniversary screening on Tuesday. And then we also have In Bruges, which is a bit of a Christmas film, crime classic, um, by Martin McDonald, right? Yep. And Ryan Johnson's Looper on Wednesday. And then the big boys starting on Thursday. Although not many people are going to be able to come out to it because all those tickets are sold out. But Jane's Silent Bob reboot with Kevin Smith is yeah. on Thursday wow. this week. Hefty week. Uh, but there is a midnight show on the Thursday night into Friday morning. So it's kind of technically Thursday night, but actually Friday morning at midnight. First screening on release. If you want to come see Jay and Silent Bob reboot, come see it. Kevin Smith is in the building that night. He's not scheduled to appear for that screening, unfortunately. But, hey, just get some magic. Who knows? Kevin Smith will be in the building and you might feel just happy to breathe the same air as him. So this is next week. <laughs> the, yeah, it's coming this, next week. It's coming up wow. Thursday, uh, the next the next Thursday. So, yeah. And that and guy likes to talk a lot. I, yeah. like, I, like, I like listening to him talk. No, yeah. I'm not having a go. Like, it's going <laughs> <laughs> to be a lot of fun, though. Um, but there's still more coming this week. And what we promised last week that we would talk about, which is going to be this week's, this week's big main event. Ed, tell, tell everybody what they want to hear. Joker. <laughs> Trailer yeah. clip. Please stop bothering my kid. Sorry. Arthur, I have some bad news for you. This is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. And finally, in a world where everyone thinks they can do my job, check out this guy. When I was a little boy and told people I was going to be a comedian, everyone laughed at me. Well, no one's laughing now. You can say that again, pal. For my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed, but I do. And people are starting to notice. You think this is funny? Is this a joke to you? Murray, one small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, 
Can you introduce me as Joker? Joker. <laughs> this is Todd Phillips' Joker, forever alone in a crowd filled comedian Arthur Fleck seeks connection as he walks the streets of Gotham City. I kind of don't feel like that's true. I don't know. But anyway, Arthur wears two masks the one he paints for his day job as a clown, and the guise he projects in a futile attempt to feel like he's part of the world around him. Isolated, bullied, and disregarded by society, Fleck begins a slow descent into the madness as he transforms into the criminal mastermind known as Joker. That's succinct. Uh, that's the film right there. Basically, so. that's kind of it. That's it, ladies and All gentlemen. Right. All right. <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually, uh, it's good that we're talking about it. Because yeah. today, a few hours ago, it just became the highest grossing, well, it already was the highest grossing R-rated film, but it yep. just, just got to a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. A billion dollars. And no R-rated film. First R-rated film to have done that, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. You can go ahead and I've got those notes. I can go ahead and talk about the box office before we get into the the meat and potatoes of the discussion. Yeah. So as Ed said, it's grossed over a billion dollars, making the first R-rated film to do so. Um, and it's as we're standing right now, about the seventh highest grossing film of 2019. Mm-hmm. It'll probably climb up the list because it's still in well, cinemas. It's and still it hasn't, fresh. Hasn't much. been released in China yet. Yeah. Like they, they literally will it get that, released that, in if, China? That's an interesting question, though. But if, <laughs> if, no, but if it does, they think it might make another five hundred million. So yeah, that would be crazy. But the amazing thing is, uh, this is not really that expensive of a film by standards, you know, of comic book films. It was made for only about fifty-five to seventy million. I don't yeah. know if the final budget numbers, but I think it's closer to fifty-five. Uh, so, because it was only about fifty-five million. That makes it the most profitable uh, comic book film of all time, because uh, that and that was a record that was held by The Mask. Yeah, back in 1994, Jim Carrey's The Mask. Because that was like 23 million budget. Yeah, and it made like 300 or something. Yeah, so. so it's pretty impressive because most of these, you, I mean, you would think, oh, well, what about Avengers? But I mean, the thing is, those films are really, 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 really expensive. So this film has made most like made its money back and then so, so, so much more profit. So yeah. that's the reason why it's the most profitable. I mean, the nearest rival to that before was Deadpool. Yeah. I mean, both those films made about 785 million. Yeah. And offer, I mean, the first one was about a similar budget to Joker. Um, and it's just, it's just crazy how successful it's been. Yeah. Considering just the lack of CGI, you know, the content of it. I, yeah. I mean, I, I was, I mean, I can't even remember what it was like a year ago, but it was like, oh yeah, back when Phoenix is doing a Joker film. Yeah. No one really was talking about it. It was like, oh, we'll see what that's going to be like. And then it just sort of just became the biggest thing of the year. Yeah. I kind of feel like it's one of those things where it just like, it's gonna, it's gonna do well. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like the way like, you know, Disney doesn't even promote Star Wars anymore. Yeah. They don't need to. I mean, you know, you get a couple of trailers here and there and then it takes like ages. Like I've realized this year, it's like, I've not seen any posters or billboards or blah, 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 like bus ads, you know, or adverts on bus stops uh, until like a week ago or something like that. If any, really, I've hardly seen any, but they don't need to because it's Star Wars. And it's sort of like, 
these, you know, these companies releasing these comic book films like Joker, it's like, well, it's going to do well. (laughs) People are going to come see it. They, you know, I don't know. This is an interesting one though. Um, I'll go into a little bit of bits and then we can kind of get into our opinions on things. Uh, Try not to spoil too much, but I feel like it's going to be hard with this one. So, but I also feel like most people have probably seen this film already. And if they haven't, uh, I'll try to, I'll just say we probably spoiled things a little bit more than we did last week with Irishmen. So, a lot of people stop it and go see it and then come back. Yeah. Like I, I've heard a lot of people coming up to buy tickets to watch this. Uh, because we showed it in 70 mil. Yeah, yeah. They just say, oh, I've seen it already. I, I just, just want to see, see it, it in 70 mil. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird though because the film was actually shot digitally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But at, seeing it on 70 mil, it is, it it looks like it's supposed to. Yeah. Because it's obviously where it's, when it's set. So it's a, it's a weird one. Uh, Todd Phillips originally wanted to shoot the film on 70 millimeter, but he had to abandon the idea because of like production costs and stuff. I think the whole thing of him getting this film made was just that like he was selling it on the fact that it was going to be a low budget. Yeah. Um, I think there was a lot of issues with Suicide Squad. I mean, DC in general, uh, they're trying to build the, and establish this like DC universe, extended universe yeah. that's competing with obviously the Marvel Cinematic Universe that Marvel is like it's not really competing it's just it? gangbusters really <laughs> I mean they I made a joke last night on Twitter where I said that I think you're not a real comic book fan unless you are a DC Universe fan <laughs> also said you're also a masochist because no. <laughs> <laughs> because the reason why I'm saying that is because it's like the Marvel films really I love them but they're safe yeah, you know, it's yeah. like paint by numbers, you know, and that's kind of where I. Not agree. all of them, but I'd say yeah, most. Yeah, most of them are pretty safe, though. I mean, yeah. it's like take a classic sort of theme of yeah. a film, like heist film or a high school movie right, or yeah. a, or a, a spy thriller, you know, and just like paint Marvel over top of it. You know, it's just like it's kind of easy. It's smart. They play it safe, and uh, they know people are going to come out to see. It. They have a formula of how it works, and it's like it always makes money. And I kind of see how someone like Martin Scorsese like would have a bit of a thing against Marvel or or comic book films in general. I mean, because it is easy. It's easy cinema. And I'm not saying it's not fun. It's not good because some of those films are really good. But I just think it's it's kind of easy. That's Whereas so, Disney, yeah. uh, sorry, uh, DC has such a horrible track record with movies <laughs> yeah. where some are good, some are bad. Some people love them. Some cuts like, for instance, yesterday I was seeing release the Snyder cut for Justice League. Yeah. That's a trending right now. Well, I mean, uh, you know, Gal Gadot and I think Ben Affleck, uh, ben might Affleck have as, well. as well. Yeah, they're, they're they're campaigning for that, and I think that'd be a good thing. Mm. I mean, I, I, I yeah, I I, I kind of liked uh, Batman vs Superman more than other people seem to at the time, and I think actually it's getting a bit more praise. Yeah, well, then it was very polarizing, but now people are like, actually, that's quite quite cool, and. Uh, I really like Aquaman as well. I thought that was quite a good yeah. adventure, kind of like an 80s adventure film. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Justice League, unfortunately, is like one of the worst films. Mm-hmm. And But that, I mean, Zack Snyder's, uh, you know, had that huge tragedy during the production yeah, of it. Yeah, and he had so to abandon. It does feel like just a huge mismatch of ideas put into it. So I would be interested in the, in the Snyder cut. Yeah. So with that, like those films kind of having those issues and stuff, uh, I think, DC and Warner Brothers were kind of wary of doing another Joker film because you had, yeah. obviously, you also had uh, the Suicide Squad with Jared Le- uh, Leto 
as Joker, which didn't really go down too well. I oh <laughs> my god, it was it was embarrassing. I'm so sorry. There might be people out there that loves that this kind of Jared Leto Joker, but I hated it. It was the <laughs> worst thing I've ever seen. I was so disappointed. Yeah, and how? Ah oh, no, there's a whole that's for another podcast right yeah. there. It's so weird though because DC. They had the Christopher Nolan Batman film. So mm-hmm. it was like, oh my God, our thing is realistic superheroes. Yeah. And that was great. It was making them so much money. And then Marvel started doing their thing and they were like, oh wait, should we try and be like Marvel? But that, that just backfired so much. And now that they've done this, Joker, and it's made a billion, hopefully they're like, oh wait, maybe we should yeah. stay to the realistic because mm-hmm. Marvel do the unrealistic stuff. Yeah. And I do like Marvel as well. Um, well in order for them to kind of make things realistic uh todd phillips the director of the film um you might know him from doing things like the hangover series yeah he also did uh road trip he also did uh old school old school war dogs so, but war dogs I, due date i like i like <laughs> he's got this. a he's kind of a hodgepodge of a, a comedy career basically we'll get into that in a little bit because i've got some things to say about him and some of his opinions on things but fuck it we'll get into this first uh, I've got a lot of opinions on this film in general, to be honest. Uh, it took inspiration from uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, Taxi Driver and also The King of Comedy. Uh, so that's where some realism came in. It was like Todd Phillips wanted to do a bit of a throwback to a 70s, gritty 70s New York film, but it's Gotham. Well, I wonder what Scorsese's opinion on this film is. Because he's with all the comments about Marvel yeah. and superhero films in general, then this comes out, and now we're showing, you know, The Irishman and Joker at the same yeah. time, both starring Robert De Niro. Well, so what? what a very his opinion on this film be interesting thing is that Scorsese was originally like going to yeah. produce the film, but he had some stuff going on and he had to pull out. And then also there was even a rumor that they wanted him to direct the film mm. with Leonardo DiCaprio as Joker, no. but also Robert De Niro. But at the time. DiCaprio had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to film. And then uh, Scorsese was doing Irishman, so he had to pull out. Or he, I mean, he couldn't do it. I don't think he was ever attached to be a director. It was just they wanted him to do it. Uh, but then De Niro finished Irishman's filming in time to do the film still. But mm. yeah, I mean, it's kind of a interesting thing to think about. What kind of a different movie that could have been. It is weird that he has a go at them for not being cinema. Yeah. When they are literally in cinemas and then he chooses to make a deal with a company who that means it can't his film can't actually play in most cinemas. Yeah. We talked about that a little last week, which is it's yeah. kind of an interesting thing, but I think that was kind of unfortunately the only way that he could have made it worked out well for us. So. Yeah. Yeah, because we we're showing it. Yeah. So come, come see. <laughs> yeah, some other influences though for Joker are Alan Moore's nineteen eighty eight graphic novel, Batman the Killing Joke. And uh, that kind of gives a little bit of a backstory to Joker, which is similar to him being like a comedian and stuff. And then also uh, there's influence from Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns, which is another famous Batman graphic novel. Uh, But anyway, uh, Joker, though, I for when it comes to the whole taxi driver thing, I felt like it was a little too much taxi driver for my liking in this film. And I think that was part of the reason why I kind of like don't know how I feel about the movie and all. Um, I feel like it's cool that you have a film that sort of has influences from something like Taxi Driver. I do like Taxi Driver a lot. It's one of my favorite films. But I just felt like there's a little too much. Mm. It's like kind of 
I don't know the whole thing we were talking about, I think a little bit, cause there's the whole incel side to the thing in the film. Like we'll get into that in a little bit as well. But, yeah. um, but yeah, uh, in case you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is incel chapter four. <laughs> <laughs> the incel podcast. The incel yeah. It's no longer the incel trilogy. It is the incel <laughs> quadrilogy. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Well, there's I, a lot of king of comedy. I, as yeah, well. I think it's more king of comedy. Than yeah. Taxi driver. There's a lot um, of taxi driver fucking elements in it, though. Yeah. It kind of made me just go, I'd rather watch taxi driver, to be honest. Yeah, but I don't think it was, they were too similar. I mean, I see the references, but I mean, Tarantino's films are full of references as well. Yeah. They don't make me go like, oh, I wish I was watching that. They make me go, oh, I'm going to go check out those films as well. Yeah. I think it's fine. Maybe a little bit too much, but. I don't know. I think I think it worked because it was a comic book film. So it was like, oh, let's do it in that style. If it was like an original, original film, yeah, then it would be like, oh, this is too much. But the fact that it was an adaptation already, I think that kind of worked for me anyway. Mm-hmm. But I understand the criticism. I mean, yeah, this is quite a polarizing film. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try to withhold more of opinions and things i'll get through this list and then we'll jump yeah. into it i shouldn't yeah. even have said that i feel bad because now i'm just feel like it's no, gonna get don't scattered feel bad yeah, <laughs> but, it's all of our opinions it's, yeah it's, it's fine um and I, the, the funny thing is i don't even like reviewing things because i feel like i'm not a reviewer i just like talking about films but, but yeah. i mean that's just anyone's yeah. like that don't worry <laughs> <laughs> anyway joker uh premiered at the 76 venice international film festival back in august where it won the Golden Lion. Uh, the film basically is polarized critics because of mainly Joaquin Phoenix's performance, which was praised. Uh, it's got that dark tone and it, its portrayal of mental illness. And then um, also like the handling of violence had d- divided responses and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, with that, it we were talking a little bit about the incel thing. Uh, generated a lot of concerns over inspiring real uh, real world violence and stuff. Uh, the movie theater where the 2012 Aurora, Colorado mass shooting took place didn't even show it. They're refusing to show it, which is, I mean, it's a shame. Yeah. I mean, that's why I was nervous coming to work here on Halloween yeah. dressed as Joker. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. right before we came in, I was like, oh, I shit. meant to say that actually as we were leading into this. The re- one of the, you really enjoyed this film a lot and you dressed as Joker on Halloween. Yeah. And I'll post a photo of that. Please do. Along with this uh, the, uh, episode. The, pe- the, the customers that came in that night, I mean, a lot of them were taking pictures. So yeah. It was very weird going out to get my, uh, my, my, my food on my break. Because I was walking in the square and everyone's heads were just turning. Yeah, I was like, "This is what it must be like to be Brad Pitt or something." Oh. Like, just walking <laughs> I love through. Brad yeah, Pitt. no, as in like to be someone <laughs> famous because everyone knew what that was, and so they were turning, they were asking for pictures. And I was like, "This is a nightmare." People were screaming. I wouldn't at you want down that. The street as well. Yeah. Joker. And I was Maybe just, I just went and got a burger and was just yeah. sitting there, and people were just like saying stuff. Well, have you seen that that guy? That I mean, I I usually don't mind people who dress up and you know do their thing they're sort of busking or whatever doing yeah. photos but um there's that stupid guy that runs around with the it oh. yeah, pennywise oh, yeah. and he just screams at people i hate yeah. that guy but whatever yeah. um but yeah you know he's <laughs> you see him he's out there maybe you could just go out and just take some money off of him basically. maybe i should just do that cut, cut into his game yeah. and, uh, and be right. nice to people yeah. Yeah. and uh get some money you know <laughs> Someone actually did say, yeah, I was, I was taking a picture with someone and then these guys were like, you should charge her for that. I like, yeah, I should. Yeah. 
but I'm not actually. Yeah. So, I mean, you're in the right area to do that. I mean, it's kind of like you could hang out in Piccadilly Circus. So it would just be like you're hanging out in Hollywood or something yeah. like that, being like, you know, one of the Spider-Men or Superman or something like that, you know. So, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix, he's gotten a lot of notoriety for his portrayal. Uh, I do think his portrayal is fucking amazing. I will say that, like, yeah. of my opinion of the film, regardless of that, I think uh, overall, I think what a performance, really, really good. Um, Oscar worthy. Um, Oscar buzz worthy. Oscar we? buzz definitely. I don't know if I would say overall. I need to see Marriage Story. I think so far from what I've seen. Yeah. I'd I also give it have him. a strong place in my heart for Eddie Murphy and uh, Dolomite, and I don't even know he's going to get. Yeah. Uh, I thought. <laughs> I, don't I know thought DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah. was great as well. Yeah. And De Niro in The Irishman. Yeah. So it's, a tough, know. it's a big year. Who knows if all of them will even get nominated? Yeah. You know? I'm sure some of them will. Most of them will. But uh, there's only like six spots, five or six spots for mm. Best oh, yeah, Actor. So, um, yeah. So Joaquin Phoenix basically, you know, he lost a lot of weight for the film. He lost 24 kilograms or about 52 pounds, which is an insane amount weight um he said that once you reach the target weight everything changes <laughs> like so much of what's difficult in waking up every day and being obsessed over like 0.3 pounds right and you develop like a disorder i mean it's wild but i think the interesting thing for me is what i had expected and anticipated with weight, weight loss was these feelings of dis- uh, dissatisfaction, hunger, and a sort of vulnerability, vulnerability, yeah, vulnerability and weakness. Uh, but what I didn't anticipate was this feeling of kind of fluidity that I felt physically. I felt like I could move my body in ways I'd never been able to move before. And I think that really lent itself to the physical movement that started to emerge as an important part of the character, which is pretty interesting because he was dancing around a lot and all that but uh did you know that whole dance and everything that was from ray bulger have you guys seen the wizard of oz right like yeah. so yeah. the scarecrow uh the guy who plays scarecrow his name is ray bulger and he used to do a lot of like tv appearances where he was singing and dance and all that and he had a bit called a song that he danced to called uh the old soft shoe on a 1957 tv performance and that's where joaquin phoenix had been shown that from a choreographer because I think they had an idea of him like dancing around and stuff. And um, he like just fell in love with that dance and stuff and just really like sort of sort of took over. And that's where the big influence came from. I love his dancing yeah. in this. But I mean, the skinny thing is weird because I didn't, when I first watched it, I didn't notice that he was super skinny. But that must mean that I'm just fucking skinny. Yeah, you're really skinny. But Ed. like, <laughs> then, then the amount of people who get like, you know, awards when, uh, you know, for doing a skinny role. Yeah. Makes me think I should do one and then pretend, tell people I was really fat before. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, like, look at my transformation. Just so. take a photo of me and then, uh, <laughs> and then take a photo of yourself and just say, hey, whoa, Let's look at that. <laughs> I somehow <laughs> lost a few inches as well. <laughs> Who knew that that was to do with the same thing? <laughs> Weight and height. Wow. But about yeah. him being like skinny um, and you're not like really seeing it or... or- but like when he's in, for example, like uh, you were never really here. Yeah. Like he's because yeah, he's quite yeah. a big guy. Yeah, like he bulked up in that film as well. I think. Yeah. yeah. But it was so because I've watched it recently. I I love that film, and he's so because he's not like he's just a big, like, muscly 
guy and then like a month later i saw him he was so skinny and it was like just like thinking back I was like, yeah whoa there's a mm. lot of weight like it's insane and then, and but, it's so you know, so well it i just thought he looked normal though that's the weird thing but because i just saw uh, Le Mans 66 or ford versus ferrari for yeah. the american listeners <laughs> and uh christian bale is so thin in that and he literally just did vice in which he's oh, yeah. Dick Cheney. I mean, yeah. that is crazy. Christian Bell is insane, though. Like, yeah. nonstop uh, body transformations. Him and Jared Leto, I mean, to be honest. Although Jared Leto is a dickhead because his <laughs> his idea of, of being a character actor is like just being a dick on yeah. set. Like, But, I mean, there's a difference between ignoring people to get into like... Oh a mindset than to like sending cast members yeah. like dead animals, which is what apparently Jared Leto was doing during Joker oh or what well, his, what his a- perf- performance of Joker uh, for uh, Suicide Squad. Christian yeah. Bale said a really funny thing about it because someone was asking him about his method acting. He was like, I don't like, like change as a person. It's not like someone be like, oh, how's it going? And I'll be like, who the hell are you? He stays <laughs> the same. He just uses the same vo- the, yeah. the voice he's acting in. That's all it is. <laughs> Yeah, he I must know. have been an asshole on set. <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> For Batman. <laughs> oh, I, got, I got it. I got it. <laughs> you would send dead animals. That, that's yeah. what the Joker would do in You should Suicide look up Squad. some of that stuff that Jared Leto did. I will not because I weird. do not. Oh, I like 30 seconds Condoms smart. and stuff as well, wasn't it? But, yeah, I think yeah. so. What the hell? What a, it's all an it's act. Like, I don't think he did any of that. No. Yeah, he did, miles he did, better. He did do a few weird little things. Um, speaking of... Uh, him losing all the weight, how he lost weight is uh, he basically didn't eat anything. <laughs> he ate very little. Uh, he basically controlled his calorie intake. Um, there was rumors that he only ate like an apple or whatever a day. I don't think that's true. I think he just ate a lot of greens and steamed vegetables and stuff, but he didn't I heard eat the much. Apple too. So uh, for snack time today. Snack time. It's snack time. Absolutely nothing. So. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> no he's snack. A I think, no snack today. I think I saw he's a vegan. Anyway, he has been since he was like three. Joaquin, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, he was a um, he was a cult yeah. kid. Yeah, children of God, I think. Yeah, I don't want to get into his business. Nah. Well, time. We do that too much on this podcast. <laughs> That's what people like listening to is yeah. the, the trails off into yeah. <laughs> off topic. But he said that one of the hardest things for playing the character was the laugh to mm. like to perfect that laugh. Uh, he would watch videos of people suffering from pathological laughter, which is kind of what his character sort of, I guess, I guess sort of. And he know, does that so well. With. Like it looks like he's almost in pain. Yeah. Like, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that's good. great. I was so kind clever. of so walking around do doing the laugh last night after <laughs> I saw it. I just saw this film for the first time yesterday. Yeah. Um Yeah. So it's fresh in my head. And he's super skinny head. I mean, you need to think about that. I mean, he's sitting there at one point and he's just like yeah, sucking his back. like I think what it is, is he's still got like a big uh, frame. Yeah. That's what it is. He doesn't have like a. He wears frame. loose clothes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I love is how he's it's got all... a jacked up shoulder. 
Sorry. Yeah, yeah it's really weird. What is wrong with his shoulder? It's in the master as well. Yeah. His shoulder looks he must so have had strange. something happen to him or something. I, that's what I want to find out. What's going on with his shoulder? He's got a cleft palate as well, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. Sorry, what were you about to say? I interrupted um, you. You probably forgot. I love what I love in this film is how it's all, all everything's like grounded in reality. The, yeah. the reason he wears makeup is because he's a clown. Mm-hmm. And uh, his his laugh is because it's a condition. Yeah. It's like a medical condition. Yeah. I don't think that's such a clever way to do it. Yeah, well, Todd Phillips and uh, Scott Silver, they found the most common uh, Joker origin story, which is like where the character is disfigured after falling into a vat of chemicals. Yeah. That's like the most common thing. Although you didn't really get much of an origin for the Dark Knight, uh, Heath Ledger's portrayal. There's not really much of a Well, you don't even story. know because the, the ones true. he tells are different. Yeah. But even that seems a bit fantastically uh, psychopathic. Yeah, yeah. But don't get me wrong, I, I love that and... I still haven't decided what, <laughs> I was going to ask. I guess we'll get into that at the end. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they decided instead of doing that, they wanted to produce like an original story that was a little bit more authentic. Um, so it took a little bit from the comics of, uh, like I said earlier, with uh, The Killing Joke, because the Joker was a comedian, a failed comedian in The Killing Joke. Uh, so they took elements of that, and then they were... Uh, um, just trying to come up with things that were kind of insane every day and stuff. And uh, Phoenix <laughs> kind of threw him a bit of a wrench, though, because he lost so much weight that they couldn't film things over. They had to kind of, everything just had to yeah. be filmed and done. So a lot of writing kind of was taking place while they were filming and they were rewriting things just because Joaquin Phoenix just like lost so much weight. Yeah. And isn't, it wasn't isn't, healthy. Like, and that's, I think, you know, we were saying about the 70 millimeter and the fact that they filmed it on digitally. I think Todd Phillips said that's because the way Phoenix was, mm. it's not like they didn't want to have to like reload with film every time he was ready. Yeah. And with this, they could just press go and he's ready to go. Yeah. Well, according to Todd Phillips, when he was talking to New York Times, uh, Joaquin Phoenix lost his composure on set sometimes, uh, which kind of baffled his co-stars. Uh, in the middle of the scene, he'll just walk away and walk out, Philip said. And uh, the poor other actors thinks it's them and it's never them. It's just always him. <laughs> he just always wasn't feeling it. So he would just walk away. <laughs> walk out Phoenix. Um, yeah. Walk out Phoenix. And uh, Phoenix, uh, he might have like walked off set or whatever, but he always returned after taking a breather. One person, though, that he never really did that on was Robert De Niro. Mm. Um, he you, apparently you was a hey. consummate professional when they were around. Although I did read that there was some sort of disagreement at some point about something that De Niro was kind of upset about, and uh, they squashed it really early on. But they never were unprofessional with each other. And at the end, at the end, he said that you know De Niro is one of his favorite actors. So yeah, yeah. what was what was your guess? Well, I mean, are we going to spoil the territory? It has, it has been out for. Yeah. Well, I said October. we give a spoiler alert ahead of time. So spoiler. if you don't want to hear spoilers, turn it off. Go well, watch the film, it's, come back. It's quite rare to see De Niro get shot in the head in the film. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if. He wasn't too happy about that? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. All right. <laughs> let's get into a little bit of the controversy around the film. Incel. <laughs> Before we get into the incel stuff. One of the funniest ones happened to be, there's a lot of good music in the film. Yes. Uh, there's yeah. the famous song Rock and Roll Part 2 yep. by Gary Glitter. 
that is in the film, particularly the famous scene when he's walking down the stairs dancing, which is now funny. Funny enough, that's just a meme in itself because uh, that's become a tourist spot now, (laughs) which is so funny because it's in a dangerous neighborhood. (laughs) Uh, I follow a lot of like people like pro wrestlers and stuff here from the Bronx and Brooklyn and all that. And they were just like sharing that and just like, good luck. Wow. Mind your wallets. Uh, bring some protection. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but they, yeah, they used Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part 2, which that song's appeared in so many things. I think it's in a Marvel film. I Might think be. I remember. Was it not in the um, Guardians? Maybe. Maybe I'm not. not sure. But it is definitely in a it's lot of It's been in a lot of films. Um, so they're just clutching when they were like, oh, and this is yeah. bad too. It's like, well, yeah. how many films has that song been in? So basically, the controversy around that is, unfortunately, Gary Glitter is a convicted uh, a convicted sex offender, and people are worried that he would collect royalties off of the film, the song being used in the film. But fortunately, for anyone who's worried about that, he sold the rights to Universal ages ago, so he won't make any money cool. off of it, which is yeah. good, because fuck that guy. But yeah. Um... But what do you think of the choice of the song? I mean, they could have chosen any song. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even, I wouldn't even known that if people hadn't like, you know, sort of shouted out about it online and stuff. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's that sort of weird thing where you need to sort of separate art from the people who make the art sometimes. And uh, I mean, that's a cool song, uh, but the guy's a dickhead and I'm glad he's not making like, money off of it. Are we, cool. are films not going to use Michael Jackson songs anymore? You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm they're sure definitely they, going sure to. They will, so. <laughs> yeah, they definitely will. And isn't that the thriller musical still on stage? I don't like, understand how that's still that on stage, but I do because people think Michael Jackson isn't, uh, isn't guilty. Oh, oh I guess. So, God, I guess Gary but, Glitter yeah. didn't serve his time. I'm yeah. <laughs> I shouted out my feelings of Michael Jackson a few weeks ago, so I don't want to do it again. Still, I I have to say, still, see Moonwalker. I mean, yeah, it is so it's, funny. Okay, maybe not. They gifted us some, some magical things, very bad movies, and very bad video games where you have to go save little boys and little girls. Jeez. That's what the Joe Moonwalker Pesci. Moonwalker video game is. Literally wow. going, Michael Jackson's going around saving little kids. It's very fucking what? weird. I guess the, <laughs> even the title Moonwalker, there's connotations behind that. Yeah. But the big, the big thing, like we were saying earlier, controversy around the film was the fact that the worry of it, uh, it you know, scaring people like from the incel community, it would incite uh, some violence. Hello, shut up, Phil. <laughs> uh, they were worried it was, you know, incite some violence within the intel community um so you had people who were wearing it was going to glorify incels because the character is a you know a lonely white man who starts to go crazy and start shooting people um and then it was heightened particularly after incels began shit posting mm-hmm. online incels are known for shit posting they hang out on forums and all that sort of stuff and then their memes just get leaked out and then you had people on the left who were just kind of like, well, uh, I'm very worried <laughs> about this film. <laughs> I don't want to say it did influence violence, but the moment it finished, my little brother and I went home, played GTA, and both changed our characters to look like the Joker. So is that an influence? 
we need to talk about Ed. <laughs> oh, Ed. But hey, at least it's contained <laughs> yeah. in a game, you know? That's, yeah. that's how it yeah. should be. I haven't, um, I haven't committed any real world violence. Yeah, so. well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I think people do freak out about things a little too much. Uh, and but, to be honest, that whole thing ruined this film for me, I think, as well. Oh, yeah. But, but the I, controversy. Hate, I hate when yeah. people are like, oh, video games, violent films make people do uh, go yeah. out and, and do something. I'm like, no, man. Like, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. God I d- damn. Yeah, also, I'm not, not saying that it yeah. won't influence people, yeah, but people, at the same time, but, it's those people are sick. It's not like, yeah. it's not the film's fault. It's not a video game's fault. It's yeah. like society's fault, like yeah. for not looking after people who are mentally like ill better. It's also like, not, society needs to yeah. step up. It's not yeah. a particularly violent film. Yeah, like, it really isn't. That's another thing. There's a lot of worries about would it glorify incels and also that it was extremely violent and people were going to... And that's what I kept hearing. So I'll get into my opinions now that we kind of got through all this stuff. I thought the film was okay. It's fine. Uh, I feel like the all the controversy around it was unjustified. Uh, it, I don't think... I don't know. I mean, yeah, incels might see themselves in this character, but they can see themselves in any number of characters that you're just not focusing on. And the only reason why people are focusing on it is because it was a big film about Joker and it's just a big, you know, it's a big target, you know? Um, I think that that sort of ruined it for me a little bit. And also the anticipation of violence and it turned out that it wasn't even that violent. It yeah. really is not that violent of a film. It's no more violent than like, I mean, I, th- I think Logan's a hell of a lot more violent more. film. We were Deadpool's Deadpool. way, way more violent. Way more. I know it's a little bit more realistic, but at the same time, I mean, Logan's pretty realistic and gritty. It's not like, obviously there's fucking th- spikes coming out of the dude's hands and stuff, but I mean, he kills a lot of normal people. He's attacking soldiers and stuff throughout yeah. that whole film. So this film, it's just like he doesn't kill that many people either. Isn't realistic violence better for us than the fake violence that, um, for example, a Marvel movie will yeah. have where you don't see any consequences of the violence? Like there's that bit in Guardians uh, of the Galaxy Volume 2. He literally kills about 100 people with this arrow. Thing. Yeah. You didn't see any blood or anything like that. So it's fine, but is that fine? Whereas in Joker, you yeah. see the actual consequences of his violence. I don't know. I think they just love... I think bloodless violence is a real real issue. Yeah. People just breeze over. They, they, for some reason, are fine with that, though. I don't understand how Hollywood or just like, I don't know, Which, if anything, the government, whoever, censors, they don't seem to mind that sort of stuff. It means they're gonna kids are going to be like, oh, if you shoot someone in the head, that's clean. It's fine. Whereas it's not like that. Yeah. It's, I mean... I mean, I don't, I don't like censoring films and art and all that unless if it's just like really fucking just gratuitous for no reason and has no no point, no like other than to just be evil and violent and cause issues. Like I think, but this is not that film. I don't think it is. Like uh, to be honest, I think my big takeaway with this film is, and the reason why I probably didn't like it that much was, it was probably in part that it it, uh, it did. Uh, get slightly ruined by all the controversy around it. So you're going in with these sort of expectations and I don't like having that and I try to wash myself of it. But once I sat down, it's just all I could think about, which did mar it slightly. But also the fact that I felt like it didn't have much of a a point. I felt like there's no reason to it. There's no, it didn't need to be made. It's fine. Joaquin Phoenix is amazing in it. 
But at the same time, I don't feel like the film has much of a, much of a real message. I don't think it actually did as much for mental illness as, uh, as people say. Uh, I feel like there's better portrayals of like men who are mentally ill, which I think is an important thing that needs to be talked about. I have a friend that's going through some problem right now uh, that is something you don't normally think about is a thing that men deal with as a mental illness. Um, and I th- it's important that society, you know, you know, talks about those things. And, you know, the fact that they even try to make that of an effort, that's cool. Like, I just feel like it kind of missed the mark for me. Um, I feel like Lars and the Real Girl is a better portrayal of a man who has a mental breakdown on film. And really, it's really touching. Good film. Yeah. Um, but I'm not diminishing the fact that this is a good portrayal of, I don't know, but I just, it didn't do I it. I mean, that is a, well, yeah, one of the controversies is that it breezes past the mental illness mm. bit. Um, but I'd say, yeah, it's definitely more on that scale than like he's just an incel. Yeah, he, he didn't strike me as like a troll or anyone. Yeah, I don't think he really. There's the is whole like, subplot with, <laughs> with his neighbor, which is crazy. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the most incel part of the film. But then again, that's so Taxi Driver as well, and that's kind of where yeah. I like lie with it being very similar to Taxi Driver, kind of too similar. I like the twist yeah. though that it is all in his head. I thought mm-hmm. that was good. I mean, and I think most people were a little bit fooled by that. Yeah. I think at the end of the it's day, cool. is the whole film just in his head? But also, that's, because that's the thing when you're watching it, and then you know she's like, "Oh, were you stalking me today?" And he's like, "Yeah," and she's fine with it. Yeah. You're when you're watching that first time, you're like, "What? That is yeah. the weirdest thing." But then it all makes sense, and you're like, "Oh, of course." Yeah. I don't know. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. I feel, I feel like, um, uh, yeah, I kind of I regret the fact that I let uh people talking yeah. about it and all the controversy around it kind of mar the film for me but at the same time i do feel like i just don't feel like it really mattered like i don't know but i think well i mean i guess one of the messages is about inadvertently is to do with the whole incel kind of thing yeah so in that sense it is relevant yeah um, um i think yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to a podcast where they sort of glossed over Joker a little bit. Um, and the woman who was on it was talking about, like, she had, she was just like, I'm not, like, saying I stand up for incels, but, like, hey, I get, like, oh, we're, we see you. We, you know, we're aware that there is an issue with people who feel this way about things. But I don't know. I think also there's my wife who deals she's like a support worker and deals with people with learning difficulties and mental illness yeah. all the time. And it's like something that she's very interested in, which is like, I hated the fact that it sort of, uh, you know, sort of was a stereotype of that mental right. mentally ill people are going to go crazy and they're going to shoot up places. Yeah. And it's just like, that is harming. But yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. obviously it, it is just one aspect of one, one story, but you know, but I, I mean, on the, other, like on the other hand, are out there. if you shoot up a place, you are, you do, I mean, surely you have to be some form of mentally ill to shoot up to, to yeah. get a mass shoot. Yeah, but there's, there's. Uh, I'm not saying the other way where every, anyone, everyone men, who's there's got that millions build, of but, people with mental illness though, and I feel like there's yeah. so many stories inside you can tell that they only, they only tend to show the ones where someone just goes fucking crazy, and yeah. I feel like that's what I mean by like Lars and the Real Girl. It's about a man who's having a mental breakdown because his like he's just. He's just different. He has an issue and his mom's dead and he's like sort of just left alone and he's 
like just doesn't deal with people and he just has a breakdown and like everyone comes together. I know it's a little bit cheesy and people it's like a good, happy sort of vibe at the end, but uh, it's a different story. It's just like, at least it's something different. Like there are a lot of films of if they go mental ill, well, mental illness, at least crazy. He's going to show up the place. Um, I think a very good thing that it did was show, Hey, uh, budget cuts and mental illness, and he's uh, yeah. he's yeah, lost yeah. his his uh, psychiatrist and the, his connect to to mental health. Um, that's that's something that needs to be like uh, looked at because that's a big issue in in society right now. Like that there isn't enough money and enough care and into mental health. That was another thing with I felt like the film sort of glossed over why people were upset in Gotham and stuff and why they sort of got behind Joker as a character. I know they sort of like, oh, Thomas Wayne, oh, rich people, blah, blah, blah. But I felt like you could have done more. You could have, you could have juiced that up a little bit to like, I know it's like he was sort of playing this non-political sort of role, but at the same time he was heavily political. He was the, the axis for like, you know, everything. He was the, like the catalyst for that whole ending to break off and all those people rioting and stuff to yeah, break off. And, found. Yeah, and he was like a vigilante hero and stuff. It and does happen a little bit quickly. I see what you yeah. mean. And it's only two hours, so they could yeah. have actually maybe had it a bit longer. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I think there was a longer cut. I think originally the film was longer and it got cut down. Um, and, and my final, I will say this, my final thing, and this is a spoiler, so uh, hopefully people, if you are not seeing the film, you've already cut off and you've come back. Why in the hell do we have to have another film that features the Batman origin of getting his parents getting killed? I don't want to see that again. I've seen it so many goddamn I times. Like it's that. a bit of a meme with fucking Spider-Man and Uncle Ben dying yeah. every fucking film. It's just like, I mean, the memes are great, but at the same time, it's like, fuck me, man. Did it didn't I know, need I to did, be there. I did like it because it shows that his actions have inadvertently caused this. Yeah. And I do hope, I mean, they are saying that it's not going to be linked to the Robert Pattinson one, but a part yeah. of me still hopes that there will be some <laughs> some link to that. Because, Good I mean, luck, that, you're that getting Jared Leto. That one's set in, <laughs> no. no, no, that one's set in the 90s, yeah. The, yeah. the Batman film, and this is the 80s, so it would make sense to be like mm. 10 or 15 years later. Yeah. Um, and... But then they, at the beginning, they said that they weren't going to make any more. But now that now it's made a billion, I think they're both yeah. like, yeah, we should probably make another. But don't milk it because oh my god, they always do too much. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of just want to leave Joaquin Phoenix right. Joker, just leave him there and just. If they were going to do another seventies influence, though, I think it'd be quite cool to have a film set in Arkham Asylum, yeah. a bit like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That'd way. be kind of fun. Yeah. And then maybe he he breaks out during that, and mm-hmm. and, Bat- and it's ten years later or something, and Batman is becoming who he is. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I would like to see some sort of. I mean, I'd love to see Wacken Phoenix and Robert Pattinson. And, would um, you want to see Todd Phillips do uh, more with Joker? I'd like to just be, yeah see another Todd Phillips one. Maybe not if it was like a Batman Joker film. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I, I don't know. Because my thing with Tom Todd Phillips, I don't think I really. Sorry if anyone likes these films, but I don't like the Hangover films. <laughs> I don't think they're great comedies. The first one is he's good, an okay director, it, though. It goes down. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll give you that. The first one's way better than the oh, other two. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and they would be higher regarded if yeah. the other two didn't exist. Yeah, but I see. Yeah, they're not like old school's very fun. Um, but I mean, he's an okay director. I don't think he's bad. But I, 
Uh, I think this is the best thing he's ever done. Oh yeah, yeah it was a completely other yeah. vibe than his other films, which are pretty. Uh, in my, I like the first Hangover. I like War Dogs, what, what it was called, but it was just another vibe. It was not yeah. as stupid. Yeah. As um, stupid. but that being said, the reason why he made this film is because he basically has said that he can't do comedies anymore because of PC culture. Uh, <laughs> and I have a lot of beef with that because I, um, and I believe uh, I was talking to Rob earlier and I do recall seeing this as well. Uh, and I a hundred percent stand by this. Mark Marin, uh, the great Mark Marin said that, uh, and he's in the film and that's probably the reason why he uh, probably yeah. said this, but it's funny because he's in the film. <laughs> so I don't know if this calls beef between him and Todd Phillips. But he said uh, that he thinks that's wrong because that means that you're probably just not funny if you can't be funny without PC culture. Also, I hate that. Yeah, surely now is the best time to make comedy to go against that, you know, to yeah. to you know. Well, you, I mean, if you can't be funny without offending people and being a dickhead, then uh, I mean, you could still offend people like with comedy. Uh, I, but you don't that doesn't mean you have to be a dickhead right. like yeah. there's a difference between offending people and just being kind of like a bit crass or something because you could still do that and it's be funny but you not coming off harmful or hurtful yeah. to like people's sexuality their religion their race any of that uh, you can be it's funny cheap. without that yeah, yeah it's, that is cheap exactly it's cheap fucking comedy it's not funny anymore like no I think people are just I, I know there is a, a lack thing. of comedy at the moment, though. Yeah, well, people are afraid, but I mean, that. is it? Or, or I don't know, because there is that scene in the Joker with with uh, with the little person who's like <laughs> like yeah. reaching for the chain and then yeah. he can't reach it, and That's it's kind of a dumb joke. It didn't need to be in the film. Yeah. Thing is, I think the dwarf thing's fine. First of all, you're putting a dwarf in a film, so that's better yeah, than most fine. films. But do you have to make second a joke all, at his no, expense? But, but second of all, it isn't. I mean. I do think that laugh is subjective. If you, if, if I think what it's saying is, are you gonna laugh at, at the fact that a dwarf can't but, open? But uh, it's also the the, as, the asshole who is, like, he is mean to him. Like, he's the one making the little little person jokes at him. And then when when Joaquin Phoenix, he's like, uh, there's a whole scissor scene. Yeah, we'll spoil a lot, but you'll see it. it I won't say anything. Um, where he's like you're always so nice to me and he, he kisses him on the head and yeah. let him go like yeah. opens the yeah. door like takes a chain off and let him go yeah. I don't know it's just a big idiot the guy with it that gives him you I know, really want to say I just, I just feel like the, it's the director's choice to even oh, include that in the for, whole time for, for sure for <laughs> but sure. it's not I, funny I, I agree it's not agree. funny is it a, a, a guy not being high I don't know if Todd Phillips finds no that funny no one's laughing in the scene like I don't know it's not funny but no, it is not funny. But it's one of those things when it happens on screen, you're like, ah, man. Yeah. Like, where you're like, probably a thing that has happened before, and I've, yeah. I've thought about that before. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but it's it just adds to the controversy, yeah. really, doesn't it? Yeah. Before, like, it's <laughs> already going to be controversial. So let's let's have add this. Joke, yeah, this, let's this have a dwarf joke. I don't know. Other people, I might just be like reading into that wrong. I mean, but still, I just found it a bit weird. But. But the, um, when it did come out, I mean, the critics were, I mean, a lot of reviews were great, but then mm. they did jump on that whole thing. They tried to kill it in a way yeah. before it came out. And then the audience response was like completely different. Well, I and mean, this has been a thing recently of like, um, 
differences between the critics yeah. and the audiences. You, you see all these things yeah. on like, oh, sorry, on like uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's like audience response is way better than the critics. Yeah, response. yeah. And it's the idea of like critics get to see, see it early. So they decide, no, no, we can handle this, but mm-hmm. the audience can't. And that happens in like, you know, do the right thing back in the 90s. Yeah, they were yeah. like, this is going to cause riots. And yeah. Stuff. And it didn't. They're, like, they're deciding it's, it yeah. for the people. I mean, if they're worried about anyone influencing things, it's them who are possibly influencing things by even putting it out there into the universe of thinking that it's even a possibility that it's going to happen because, ooh. And uh, I mean, that's why me me saying what I'm saying about this film is just like, I'm not telling anyone, oh, don't go see it just because I didn't necessarily think it was like the bee's knees or anything. It's an okay film. Come see it. Decide for yourself. Like I try to say in this podcast all the time, I don't feel like I'm a reviewer. I just feel like we're talking about things if people want to hear us talk about it and they're like listening to us that's fucking amazing and i appreciate everyone who always listens to us and gives us feedback online and stuff it's awesome i love hearing what people have to say and i don't think people should like go see films based on my opinion of film you've got to give your honest opinion i mean it'd be pretty boring podcast yeah, like every yeah. week you're like this film is amazing yeah this yeah. film's also amazing yeah somehow every film we show is incredible but it's you you guys both particularly thought the film's pretty good right yeah yeah, yeah. like you both liked it so that's two out of three people who would yeah. say like definitely yeah check it out and i'm saying check it out for i mean check it out it's like well made looks good it's on 70 millimeter here for great sound quite a few I times think the best thing is yeah. white green phoenix i oh, mean sure. and people yeah have to see that. you want to see like a great performance, definitely. I, mean, I think the film will probably get nominated for Best Picture as well. Like, I think... We'll yes. see. I mean, it's controversial. We'll see. I don't know, because Oscar is funny like that, you know? Yeah. Like, Well, we were um, saying earlier as well, because I was like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to win. And then I was like, I remember reading something where, actually, the Academy don't really like psychopathic characters a lot. Mm. And that's why J.J. Hall didn't even get a nomination for Nightcrawler. Well, yeah. I probably thought you should have won for that. Maybe. He was amazing in Nightcrawler. But, yeah. it, but I think their idea is they don't like it, a fully psychopathic character. If it's a supporting actor, then that's fine, which yeah. is why Heath Ledger won for The Dark Knight. But they don't really like it for main characters, so I don't know if that will affect anything. Yeah, I think he'll definitely... Um, I'd like to think he'll definitely get nominated. Um, it's, a, it's a big year, though. Uh, he's never won before as well, so that's kind of an interesting thing. He's been nominated quite a few times, but never won. Yeah. I just hope Brad Pitt gets Best Supporting Actor for Cliff Booth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I'll be happy. Yeah. It's been, a great, it's been a great yeah. year for films. Yeah, it's been a really good year. Yeah, Every 20 sure. years. It's so we'll have good. a big uh, roundup in a couple of weeks uh, for 2019. Yeah. Uh, so keep a lookout for that. And still some great yeah. films to come. And like you said, Joker's screening now at the cinema. If you come like directly after this, ep- you listen to this episode uh, on Wednesday... Uh, the 20th uh, it's going to be screening every day from then and then a couple times next week it's on 70 millimeter and digital this week uh, and the, then it's coming back in January and it's going to be pretty much probably exclusively on 70 millimeter then so check our website com to get tickets for that and see the screening times and like I said don't listen to me <laughs> if say you, that now do yeah. listen to say that at the beginning don't listen to yeah. me <laughs> I mean, if you want to, I just given my opinion on it. I, like I said, I don't feel like I'm a reviewer. I'm an amateur, so <laughs> and I don't like reviews anyway. Um, I just like talking about films. Yeah, uh, Ed, what do you got going on? You got anything coming up? Anything going on? You gonna start dressing as Joker? Make some yeah, money? Yeah, I think I'll just do that. 
It's a career, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm you like, should be like, you should stand down at uh, Leicester Square with a sign and like yeah. spin it around, be like, yeah. Prince Charles Cinema is this way. Oh hey, my God. That'd, we're be, showing, that'd be great. Right? Joker I mean, showing this week. We should have been doing that. Yeah. Up. yeah. I bet we could have gotten some extra ponters. <laughs> I'll, I'll go do that now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get the fuck out of your head. I've got the green shirt <laughs> in my bag. Oh my God. Be always prepared. <laughs> You're ready, man. Yeah. yeah. No, other than that, uh, not much. Just uh, writing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Editing a lot of stuff. Um, Still working on your incel series? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Incel stuff, uh, like, because this is an incel thing. And of course, I'm an idiot. And I go look up what incels have to, what incels actually are saying about this film. Jonathan, remember your training. These incels don't have a life. But you do, so don't let them get to you, bud. You don't have to keep going on these message boards. Just, uh, you know, get Phil to do it or something. Delegate. You're a leader. Delegate. <laughs> to be honest, a lot of them haven't even, they're not even convinced that it is an Intel film, eh. yeah. uh, which is hilarious. And uh, all I really did see when I was looking up things of what they had to say was just them shit posting, uh, spreading links to illegal viewing, uh, viewing sites for the film. And right. uh <laughs> Classic. saying racist things so oh. it's kind of like fuck the incels oh, fuck them no, yeah. <laughs> so oh. fuck the incels yeah for that for now then work on mental health if you have mental health issues for sure check yourself out don't be afraid if you're a guy uh get help if you need help uh it's important i think guys and, and girls for guys and girls i know the reason why i'm saying for guys is because Guys are less likely to go check themselves. Um, I think that's one of the most amazing things about women is that they're a little bit more open. They're a little bit more vulnerable to that, whereas guys, for some reason, have to close themselves up. And this is a film about a lonely white man um, who... Which is a very important story at the moment. (laughs) Yeah. Joking. (laughs) And I know... um, I I know uh, that's controversial and stuff. And, um, you know that's part of the reason why the controversy started but at the same time if you want them to stop shooting up places and stop feeling yeah. like they're you know go check yourself out that's Be, the thing get mental health the, get, uh, get yourself looked at I don't yeah. think it does inspire violence because yeah. there were countless mass shootings before this film came out and there have been loads since yeah and you know it's just they just need to get rid of guns in America <laughs> yeah yeah and the films can stay <laughs> as they are it shouldn't be as easy to get to either the good thing is I don't think many Americans listen to this podcast, so they won't, I won't. I don't anticipate mm. uh, a lot of emails from people saying "Hey, fuck you." Uh, but if you want to send us an email to say "Hey, fuck you," you can email us at podcast at princestrawstuff.com. What a segue! Yeah. Uh, and also, you can hit us up on Twitter at the PCC Podcast. Um, we're here every week. Subscribe, rate, comment, do whatever. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Say hi. We'll read your emails and tweets on Tell air. us about your cats. Tell us about or your cats. animals in yeah. general. Cats are a really good uh, source for mental health. health and Yeah. yeah so, oh, my God. Catwoman. Yeah. Cats are great. We didn't even speak about Catwoman. We, no one speaks about Catwoman. No, but as in not just the, the film with Halle Berry, but, you know, Batman Returns. <laughs> There's loads of cats in that. Yeah. Batman Returns is a good shout. Yeah. Um, and like I'm that. happy for that. But I like Halle Berry, but, man... That was a shoot and a miss. Um, cats. Cats. And uh, you can follow me at Tall for All, T-A-L, the number four, A-L-L, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And Caroline, I'll, have I'll you got at, a name yet? 
what was eh. oh no don't you don't just don't check. even use oh. you don't even use twitter anymore. i don't and i apologize i will anymore i never did <laughs> i'll i'll get it i'll get into it um very soon Sick. i promise thank you follow ed at manic episodes on youtube and then yep. just manion 95 on instagram yeah check yep. out ed's short films he's yep. still still yep. working on just some a, stuff. just a one short film actually yeah but yeah. there's a few more coming. They will. They will. They. Mm. I will upload them. Sick. At some point. All right. Well, uh, I think that's about it, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, I haven't ostracized all of our listeners for my hate of Joker. I don't hate the film and uh, my strong opinions on things. But hey, it's a. I'm a white man, so <laughs> Arianne. Arianne's gone. She's taken the balance of. Uh, a nice woman on the podcast that has thoughts and stuff. And uh, Caroline's here and I'm talking over top of her all the time. I'm sorry, Caroline. (laughs) (laughs) Guess who? (laughs) Hey, um, it's Ari. I'm coming to you not so live from Indonesia. Um, I may be 11,000 kilometers away, Jonathan, but I've still got you back, bro. Um, and of course, me being me, I can't stay quiet. I have to insert my two cents about every little thing, especially this uh, this little thing called a joker. Um, woo, a doozy, right? Not really. Um, okay, so joker. I've also recently just seen this. Um, I am not a fan. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's not for me. I'm not into it. I'm not about it. Um, I thought it was kind of facetious and lacked depth. And I'm really not here for the whole mental illness as a justification for a villain's origin story thing. Like it adds to the stigma, you know, as somebody has that has and is struggling with like mental health issues. It really wasn't nice to see not only the way somebody's treated but also the fact that that's used to justify why he becomes the you know literal superhero villain that he's becomes because of that um yeah i'm not about that there are implica- like in those it's the same implications that like when domestic terrorism is committed in america and it's a brown person you guys will blame um an entire religion but when it's a lone white guy he'll call it mental illness and move on um so those are my two cents other than that there are more things there are more things i have more things to say i'm looking at notes (laughs) for once i have notes um yeah the whole film just felt a little empty like i felt like it tried too hard to be taxi driver or to be king of comedy and it really wasn't um you know like an homage is an homage but usually when you pay homage to something you you're trying to articulate sort of similar themes and messages from the original work. Um, and I don't think this does that at all. Like, uh, what else? It was, I just felt like it was trying too hard to be something instead of just, hey, this is a spin on a character that a lot of people really like. Um, I think it's trying too hard to be a thing, like to be a big thing that people are talking about. I don't like the way it's been discussed in media. I don't think it deserves um, the amount of discussion it does in the media and me adding to the discourse isn't helping. So I am part of the problem. I am aware. Um, Other than that, it was shot really well. I wish De Niro was in it more. I wish Mark Maron was in it more. Um, It was shot quite nicely. Um, 
costume design was great, production design was great, Joaquin was great, but other than that, meh. <laughs> so that's my take. Um, I hope you guys are doing well, all you listeners back home. I hope my buddies are doing well. John, I hope you don't, you know, go too crazy on doing research on your little incel message boards. Um, please don't go crazy on those. Um, counteract it. The the best cure for a little incel rabbit hole is to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine on a loop. Um, Caroline, I miss you terribly. You are perfect the way you are. Um, come visit me. If not, I'll come to Denmark. I miss you. I miss you. Um, and uh, drink more water. That's really all I've got to say. Um, no, I'm kidding. Hope you're good, bro. Um, I hope everybody's good. Send everyone at the cinema my love. Um, and yeah, that's been me. So uh, yeah, I'll uh, see you guys around, I guess. Well, not see you, hear you. You get what I mean. Okay, bye.